are four years old and famished. It is supper time and you prepare to enjoy the sweet, sweet hot dog that your father lovingly made you when you refused to eat the meal he had originally prepared because it was not a hot dog. You look down at the sole hot dog sitting on your plate as you await your father's cuts. He, he's to cut it precisely in two, the way your mother does, and you assume all adults are familiar with this technique. He takes the knife and slices the hot dog in two, and then, horror, he slices it again, making four pieces of hot dog. The hot dog is now ruined. There is only one thing to do. You completely lose your shit. Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. Hello, everyone. It is Crofton Steers, uh, one of your hosts of uh, Dungeons & Diapers. We are doing an episode this week. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we are going to be talking about Avengers Endgame. Movie came out three weeks ago. We're going to do a deep spoiler cast today. So with me, as always, the co-host with the co-most, I'm talking about Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan. Mm -hmm. You uh, you missed the opportunity that I put in the notes, which I thought was very clever. But this is Dungeons & Diapers Spoilers dads for short which applies uh, kind of maybe i'll have to think about it <laughs> Shop now, around. now uh because we're going to be talking about uh the marvel cinematic universe and we're bringing together this this giant universe mm -hmm. uh, normally we would bring a a dad on the show and and, and uh but this time we're gonna we're gonna look to the podcast cinematic universe and uh and i'm talking about uh the, GB, <laughs> the pcu <laughs> the, the good the good bad or bullshit universe the frog pants universe the gamers in universe all of them will collide as bo schwartz joins us on the show today welcome Bo. wow thank you for that wonderful introduction that's very nice of you mm. hi hey, no problem hello dads are mm. moms allowed to listen to yes like even though it's a dad's and diaper yeah yes it's for the, all the parents Bo. Mm -hmm. hello uh oh <laughs> do we lose do we lose him already all it's right I, sorry i think the nsa was is tapping my phone. It was the moms. They were worried. No, moms well, we, are totally allowed to listen. Did, did, I, did my point get across? Are moms allowed to listen to the show? Yes. Are they welcome here? I just, I, I just la only. laugh if Ryan had created a code early on in the show where anyone who is not a dad who is on the show immediately gets muted. Like if somebody, <laughs> somebody comes on, it's like, oh, detecting children. No, none. Eh, 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 eliminate. You know, that's not maybe, how we maybe. roll around here. We're, we're. Uh, this is a, this is a podcast for all. It just so happens that Dungeons and Diapers. You know, it, it, at our first episode when we called this Dungeons and Diapers, we weren't even calling it dad that that came later it was actually dnd &D. and then uh jocelyn from the gamers in and said like wait why don't you just call it dad because you're both dads and it kind of works and it's like <laughs> that's why they pay her the big bucks i know super smart <laughs> <laughs> we're marketing geniuses by accident yeah you know with a like, little push and by a little yeah. i mean like yeah. Clear, a, clearly dads <laughs> clearly dads aka incompetent <laughs> True. We have a whole segment about that. So that's why I'm not a dad yet. I'm not incompetent. You'll get there, buddy. If I have a kid, then then I automatically switch intelligence. Scores. Crofton just wished incompetence on you. That that's got to be the nicest thing he's done all episode. I'm pretty sure he believes I'm voraciously incompetent, but he well, that's just not nice. he doesn't. He has, he has an appetite for incompetence. That's mm. what he's saying. Mm. Uh, 
So, uh, gentlemen, let's let's go right at it because I know that this is a uh, a, a long film that we're going to be discussing, and I feel that we're going to have a uh, lot of points on it. We right now the internet is ablaze talking about Game of Thrones, and to me, this is what's funny about. And Bo made this point when we were talking, kind of offline the other day he was saying like you know it's been more than two weeks so everyone has kind of moved on uh to to the next hype hype thing but i find that that gives us kind of more clear eyes to look back on this film the last big hyped thing in pop culture avengers endgame and uh so let's start with a question to both of you guys which is overall looking looking back at the film now you're going to have a different opinion probably than when you were sitting there. When you were sitting there originally watching this film for the first time, what were your reactions? Were you satisfied? Were you thinking like, oh, what a what a letdown, missed opportunity? Where, what, what did you feel while watching the film? Ryan. Uh, well, it's, it's interesting because you're completely right in the case that now I look back at the film and I loved it. But in the moment, the first two hours, I was like, I don't know, guys, this this isn't good. Like, I'm not feeling it. It feels a little kind of, I don't want to say like off the rails, but kind of just a little disjointed in comparison to Infinity War, which was this very tight, fast moving package of a film. And then, but then once the, once it concluded and the full three hours had wrapped up as a, as a complete film i was like okay never mind i was wrong it all served a purpose to this grand moment at the very end where where it came to conclusion and then that's how i felt leaving the theater i was overjoyed by by they yeah they nailed it they got it i can't believe they did this it's crazy but bo did you have the same feeling where at the time you were you think more fondly of it now or did you do you did you think more fondly of it while you were watching it no i was uh in reveling in waves of orgasmic viewing pleasure <laughs> from minute one i couldn't i couldn't uh i couldn't stop watching i couldn't stop enjoying it i hope the ride never ended i thought everything there were from the beginning all of the surprises like the initial bit no the initial bit was surprising too like the first 10 or 20 minutes when it's like a mini film about how they're going to kill Thanos and they just kind of kill Thanos like right away. And I'm like, Oh yeah. That, Cause it was like, okay, people are getting back together. Mm-hmm, saw this in the trailer. All right. And then when they kill Thanos in like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, Oh baby, we are in for a good ride. I'm excited. And then they kept, just kept surprising me with everything. And mm-hmm. uh, I loved it. I was I just overjoyed I, by the thing. I'm sort of on on your uh, on your wavelength. So I've seen it twice in theaters now. I want to sate my hype because we couldn't get a babysitter and couldn't figure it all out. So I'm just like I'm gonna go and 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 I went and then <laughs> once with once with my wife a week later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's allowed me to sort of place it a little bit. But but uh, I sort of felt. And I talked about this about Infinity War. Uh, I don't think about. I watched it again before um, watching this film, and I don't think about it as fondly as you guys do. In the sense that, like, it's it's a fine movie, but it's very much like 
a, a superhero crossover extravaganza, right? Mm-hmm. The ballsy thing about Infinity War to me was the way that it ended. And that's why the hype for this one was so big for me because I'm like, what's next? Like, what do they do after the way Infinity War ended? How do how do they pick up the pieces? And, um, and uh, I thought that it was really, really cool. Um, how they how they handled it like like Bo said everything was kind of you know I'm along for the ride it's a mystery to me like what when, when the pieces come into play I was excited mm-hmm. um one of the questions that I, I had had before going in was how many of the MCU movies do I need to re-watch before I watch this movie and uh I don't know about you guys but I feel like pretty much all of them, like they really, this this movie was one in which like the Ant Man movies play a huge part. If I had not seen any Ant Man movies until the week before Infinity War, when my wife and I were sitting on the couch, we're like, "Hey, Ant Man and the Wasp is on Netflix. Let's watch that." If we had not watched that movie, there would be a huge plot point that was, uh, you know, borderline incomprehensible to us. Um, and so I thought it was interesting how it brought in like it was well beyond just the Avengers movie. You needed to you needed to be familiar with like a lot of shit to be able yeah. to make heads or tails of this movie. I think the Ant Man movies are are good on are good in their own. I, I really like both those films, but they're they are required watching because there's some really key scenes in Endgame where they're going you know the whole time heist thing, but also the fact that they go back with the the pim particles and then the plot point of like oh well we can go back further because they know where the pim particles are in the 60s and then you see young michael uh michael douglas it's michael douglas now i can't remember anyways yeah it's michael douglas yeah young michael douglas and i that would all that's such a key moment and that would all go over your head if you didn't have that greater understanding of these films and i think with endgame and to a lesser degree infinity war you have to have that that knowledge. You have to have watched Civil War and understand why you know Tony Stark is yelling, you know, very loudly uh, at at uh, you know Captain uh, Captain America right at, at the beginning of the film. Like that moment would be completely lost on you if you didn't understand why those two are at odds and and not very happy with each other. Right? It's those are key things that could fly over your head of watching this film, and I think would impact say, your enjoyment just to that ryan real quick i'd say mm-hmm. those are character beats mm-hmm. like character motivations uh you don't understand the state of their relationship and how they come like yes obviously that's important but the ant-man stuff was literally plot points yeah. like stuff stuff like understanding what this like ant-man was was what kicked the plot into gear right like so they both both killing thanos bit at the beginning that he mentioned then then it does the a really cool bit where it's sort of like five years later time jump and it Mm -hmm. shows kind of where everyone's at and how they're dealing with things and what changes what makes it so that five years later something happens well it's all about ant-man and honest to god i had not like i really thought he was going to be like a side character and that i didn't really need to know anything about like his background i'd read reviews for those movies and they said they were kind of like disposable speaking of disposable the other one thor the dark world which i have still never seen it's the only mcu movie i haven't seen and it played a huge role in this movie so they they literally Mm -hmm. 
they literally connected every single MCU movie pretty much to this tapestry, which I got to say, I thought was insane. Um, I, uh, Bo, was there, was there a, a moment when you're watching the movie where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that they're referencing this or they're making this connection or whatever? I mean, that really didn't... I didn't really think about that because I've seen all the MCU movies. So I didn't really look at it as an issue, I guess. It didn't... I didn't give it much thought at all. <laughs> but the investment... I guess it's like Infinity War. You need to know a lot going into Infinity War. But you don't need to know what you need in Endgame. It's crazy. Like Endgame is truly the end of this giant arc. And, and seeing all these little pieces... Um, connected together and in in such a way that that uh made sense and and added added sort of oomph to sort of character uh, you know character interactions uh, be it the the one that ryan mentioned or like some of the the deaths and stuff like that i mean it, it it's it's crazy like i just kept thinking like holy shit they landed this ship like it feels like it's an impossible thing and they landed it yeah no, I mean it's it's incredibly crazy that they were able to take the last eleven years, twenty two films, and end it in a way where they have this finite ending for some characters that have been around for so long, and then they also have this jumping off point for all these other characters and this this freedom for them to go forth because They've dealt with the big bad, this big overarching bad that is Thanos and the Infinity Stones, but there's always going to be evildoers. There's always going to be someone to cause conflict. That is the world we live in and the world that these characters live in, right? So it's really cool that they were able to, to deal with such a huge character and these literally these stones that can change uh, everything with the snap of a, of a finger, right? And they're just way too powerful. And the fact that they wrap it up and destroy them for the future use, because that was always a concern of mine. Like, okay, like, how do you control the Infinity Stones? And they, they literally, at the start of the film, Thanos is like, yeah, I'm basically crippled because I, I used the stones to destroy the stones. So they are gone in that, in that timeline. And when they kill Thanos, we were joking as we went into the theater, like, man, why didn't they just cut... Thanos' arm off so the glove would come off and obviously the joke of why didn't you go for the head and the first thing that that they do is they cut his hand his arm off and then the second thing is Thor goes for the head and in that moment I looked over and, and I, I had, was actually I saw the film with with Jocelyn and um, some university buddies as well I drove up there to, to see it with them and I looked over and I was like they cut off his hand I can't believe it like why didn't they do that in the first place because he had because he had the stones yes he did well that's true they had the stones in infinity war but. He, he was already he literally had one stone and he beat the hulk but they had him in like to go like in infinity <laughs> war they had him in that like sort of trance they should have just cut his arm off like when they were trying to pull the glove off is what my thought process was but the fact that they did yeah, okay. it but who sure. would who would have cut his arm off then? i mean like, iron man with his like nano thing maybe yeah, Iron Man could have done it. I mean, it, when you get into, like, the nuances of, like, oh, you know, this could have been done or that could have been done, like, it is still, like, a big, dumb superhero movie it's to a certain extent. It's not a deal breaker extent, right? for me. No. No. Um, if, if you're looking at suspension, Star-Lord effing up like that is pretty stupid. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> it, that's also that's like if you like anything, like the whole thing people are going through with Game of Thrones not being realistic, it is the most unrealistic thing. I get that the Guardians of the Galaxy are are um, stupid. I'm not going to say the word I'm going to say, but they're <laughs> they're moronic. Like, yeah, to a, to a point that I find Guardians almost unwatchable out of all the superhero movies. Like I, I that kind of humor, but I don't like it mixed with the superheroes. I kind of hate the Guardians of the Galaxy, to be honest with you. Oh my like, god, disagree like, strong. Yeah, I know people like it, and I don't bring it up much, but they're my least favorite part of okay. the whole thing. And it, like literally, they're fighting the biggest bad in the world, and Star Lord's like, "Oh, you killed my girlfriend!" Like anyone with that degree of power in that kind of a situation would be smart enough not to do that thing. But. Mm-hmm. I but, don't. I, 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 I But it's a superhero movie, and that's Star Lord's thing. So whatever. It's part of the like. I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not mad about it. But I'm just like, it is so beyond dumb mm-hmm. that that it, this is a contrivance where, and I have to suspend my disbelief and believe that Star Lord, as big as a moron as he is, is so moronic that he gets to do something like that, but still call himself a superhero. Like. He should have a superhero status revoked. Uh, you know, nobody should be admiring this person at all. Um, but uh, that's the contrivance, the contrivance see, of superhero movies. See, I would argue that that was totally in character for Star Lord. Because in, in, in sure, Gar- I, I'm not going to say it's out of character. I'm just going to say in Guardians, it's really stupid. In Guardians too, when when he finds out, like, uh, you know, that his his dad is gave cancer to his mom like and and he literally in that he's been like cast under the spell of his father uh he's he's falling deeper deeper under it and then when that revelation comes out in a split second he shoots him in the head like just shoots him in the head and so uh so to me like he he acts and doesn't doesn't think and this just to me it 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 worked with that and when he's punching Thanos or whatever for for killing Gamora um, he doesn't, you know, like there's, there's no guarantee that's going to lead to the girl. Uh, what is it? Mantis losing her, Mantis, losing, yeah. you know, well, uh, we discussed this actually, cause I watched, uh, we watched infinity war before going the night before seeing Endgame, And I was discussing this and I, I kind of had a thought and this will bring it back to Endgame. was basically like Dr. Strange had already seen the 14 million uh, scenarios and there's only one win. So therefore we know Star-Lord had to punch Thanos. Thanos had to keep the the gauntlet. Thanos had to snap in order for the win scenario to occur. So theoretically, you know, Star-Lord fighting and and all that kind of bought more time for uh, Ant-Man to get stuck in the quantum realm, right? Because if Ant-Man doesn't comes back out of the quantum realm, he might have been snapped. Therefore, they wouldn't have been able to do the time heist and so on and so forth. So like... If you think of it as like one connected story and every second counting, Star Lord interrupting at that exact moment would have probably uh, had given the time for everything to play at the right speed, right? Considering there's one scenario where they win. That that's interesting. Those and it goes back to your thing about the gems being super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you guys just before going into character arcs? Because I think it it, it is. Um, worth a conversation that the the thing that blew up the internet following Endgame's release was time travel how mm. did you guys feel about how time travel was handled in the movie would you rather time travel not have been involved in the movie or were you okay with how it was done what what are your thoughts Bo you want to go first 
Yeah, the time travel was... Uh, it creates a lot of problems, and that's a good thing. Um, so the way they presented the time travel was to allow for, you know, I think something that's been present probably in Marvel Comics a long time, which is multiverse. I mean, even Into the Spider-Verse dealt with spider people from different timelines and possibilities. So uh, this this idea of time travel, uh, first of all, ruining the shitty version of time travel where you go back to the past and just change your future. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it was against type for a blockbuster film, which most mainstream viewers would be used to a type of film that is um, that deals with the, you know, back to the future style time travel, that kind of thing, looper, you know. So I'm I'm really happy with that. Uh, but what I'm not happy with um, is, or not that I'm not happy with it, but I really enjoy and appreciate uh, the fact that the timeline travels created mayhem. Like uh, it can didn't. You, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Uh, so right. it didn't. It didn't. By mayhem, you mean it didn't. Um... So, so the best part, my favorite part of the movie is Loki getting away with the Tesseract <laughs> when they go back to Avengers One. Like so, so they say the way the time travel rules set up is you can't just go back and kill Hitler, and then change the future because Hitler's dead. What happens? Well, you create a new timeline where Hitler's dead, but your future's not saved. Uh, they explain it as. If you travel into your past, your past becomes your future. So I love that because basically that means they're creating a... They intentionally, with the time travel, created a bunch of problems that they can use to make new movies, essentially. Yeah, with. Or TV series. And it's just going to be stupid. Because you mentioned like them destroying the Infinity Stones in that timeline. All right, I'm just going to get straight to the meat of the thing here. Because I've, I've discussed this with, uh, I can't remember, it was, on, it was in a Slack channel somewhere. I don't remember quite where. But, <clears throat> uh, so, the big the big uh, setup here is they want to save the people that got snapped, right? In their timeline, the snap happened, and half the people were lost. And Doctor Strange says he viewed 14 million other ones where the snap does happen. Right? He's like, I checked out a bunch of timelines. There's only one possibility of saving the universe, and that's in this one. That means, yes, they may have saved their timeline, but 14 million other timelines are doomed to have suffered the snap or other. And so in the aggregate, they haven't really saved much at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because uh, their timeline's okay, but they've consigned 14 million other timelines to doom hmm. by using it to the Infinity Stones to merely unsnap the snap, which is pretty limited scope thinking in terms of what you could use the Infinity Stones for, which is to undo all snaps, preferably. Yeah, like I... it's I'd never thought of it that way, and I think the issue there... Not with your theory, but the issue with the films is that Infinity War, when he's talking about he he viewed 14 million possible futures, we don't know anything about timelines. We don't know any multiverse that hasn't been introduced to the... To, but you're right. In Endgame, with time travel, they do touch upon, like, well, uh, you know, when, when Hulk is talking to... Uh, or when Bruce Banner is talking to the the Ancient One, and she's saying like, if you remove the the Time Stone, that creates a branching path of destruction where we're no no longer able to protect our realm. And well, 
Her timeline. Her timeline. Yeah, right. Who cares? Bitch, who cares about your timeline? <laughs> it's doomed anyways. Just well, give us the <laughs> You're right. Like, that's the kind of thing where I think that in in Bruce Banner's mind, he's he's thinking the same thing. But then he, he kind of corrects it by saying, no, if we bring the stones back to the moment where we took them, then there's never that branching path. I never. That's not true. That doesn't follow. And that's the thing that's hilarious about this movie, if you think about it too hard, is that that's actually not true. Really? Because if you go back in time, I, I, if you go back in time mm-hmm. to get a time stone, you've immediately created a new branch of timeline. Right. So there's the there's the un un uh, disrupted timeline, and then there's the un there's the fettered timeline, the one that's disrupted by your presence. Right. Right. So the one that's disrupted by your presence creates a new branching timeline. Okay, great. Then you return back to the future with the stone, do your thing. Now I'm going to return it. Well, now you're making a branch of a branch because there's a branch where you picked up the time stone and didn't bring it back and a branch where you picked up the time stone and then brought it back again a few seconds later. You don't get to have your cake and eat it too. It's like putting your fingers into a hose and making multiple streams. You know, like you've, they've actually, so Captain America going to return the time stones did F all. (laughs) Like basically because, because he fixed, he made a new timeline that is good, but there's another timeline left that is not good. Right. And uh, I don't know if they're going to deal with that in future movies, but. Well, I doubt it. I doubt it. They've (laughs) they've They've effectively fixed nothing, which is kind of amazing. And they're just probably going to leave it unexplained. But the amount of chaos that they've left uh, just to save their own timeline, the one that we're invested in watching and saving. I I mean, I still love the movie, but like afterwards when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, they screwed. They they made so they didn't have to return just one stone. They had to return five. Mm -hmm. So they've created five timelines where everything's crap, like five more all just for their one timeline mm-hmm. anyways so what did i think i love the time travel and i love thinking about all the problems they've made and how shitty everything actually is as a result but i still like the movie so <laughs> I, mean, I still like the time travel yeah but I, but i'm curious though like who do we who do we believe in the scenario of the like th- like ignoring the writers ignoring everyone's theories on the internet but who do we believe within the universe do we believe you know, Iron Man or, uh, or or Hulk, or do we believe the Ancient One or, or Doctor Strange? Like, the way the Ancient One explains it is that, like, when you return the stone, it should collapse back in on itself and, and keep the Master Timeline insane. And I think this is the thing, like, where... Yeah, should she explain it that way? I thought she did because it was pretty visual and that like she showed so the, like a, she had a power she had a PowerPoint presentation, yeah. which I think which I think gave that people that impression. That was my impression. But, but it doesn't actually, I mean, it's a movie, it's a fictional universe, whatever, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually make sense. So I would just like to say that I love the time travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the main reason I loved it is because, like, and they mock what we're doing right now in in the movie practically like yes. they haven't they, they, no, no, they they've ha- done all this is done on purpose by them to make uh, people rage and argue yeah and they they yeah. have that scene where like they're explaining like that's not how time travel works it's like time cop no it's like back to the future and then and then they put in they put in their movie version of whatever they want you know time travel to be but the reality is like for me it, it, it is that it gave like you've got this this 
you know, I don't want to say 20 year, maybe 15 year, 10 year, 10 year, 10 year, 10 year yeah. Odyssey with all these characters and you're releasing one last movie. And so you want to deal with the big bad. You want to satisfactorily tie up all the major characters' storylines. And you want to do some fan service, right? Like you want to be like, this allowed them to go back to movies that we have already seen. And I love that. In fact, I loved it so much that I was disappointed that they didn't do more of that or that they didn't go to see, you know, specific scenes. They went to the opening of Guardians was a clear scene that people recognize. Mm -hmm. Avengers, the, the original Avengers they went to. I loved all the stuff in the 1970s base. Um, like it was, it was really cool, but it was not, it was an unrelated time tri trip in the sense that it was not a scene from a previous movie. I would have loved the Back to the Future 2 style where they're, they're going in in scenes of previous movies that was that was awesome to me and whenever they were like going somewhere i was always excited to see how it was going to pan you know how it was going to pan out and like some of the my biggest laugh lines like when um uh, uh, War Machine, who had some great lines in this movie, yeah. uh, is uh, is watching like uh, Peter Quill do his intro to Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's he's dancing and singing and all this, but like he's listening to a Walkman, and then you see him like from the outside, like you know, without the music, just just like dancing around these ruins, looking like a complete idiot. Um, it really, really paid off the, these films and offered fan service in different ways. When Captain America gets in the elevator with all the agents and it's clearly like the Winter Soldier uh, scene all over again, and, and uh, it, but plays out differently. Or when Captain America meets Captain America in the past, a Marty McFly type situation. Um, you're you're like wow this is this is all awesome so in terms of in terms of what it gave me in the film like I really really enjoyed all of that stuff like all of it and mm. uh, and I didn't spend a tremendous amount of time afterwards being like oh man like did it you know their their rules of time travel didn't apply like it's probably broken like all of that stuff is probably yeah, broken you mentioned so many things that are, that are busted about that because the captain america fight at the end of it he hints to get him distracted that bucky is still alive right yeah like they, they're creating new timelines like they're not just going back to the time and it's like reminiscing like they're messing it's they're, good i yeah. agree with you and i, lo I loved all of it but man the the mess they made like it's literally like letting a, uh, a bull loose in a china shop. It's like, oh, we figured out time travel. What could go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> let's go. But that's well, the, I... the great part about it is, and you you said it yourself, Bo. Like the great part is like our the timeline we know and love that is uh, going to be explored in future films, which is uh, is the MCU. Like they could basically say, like we did time travel. Travel the infinity. Uh, the, the time stone is destroyed. No more time. Well, I guess they could still. Oh no! Time. It's it's not done, dude. Dude. Mm. Okay. Again, my favorite part of the movie: Loki getting away. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah a scuffle. That, yeah. A scuffle in the lobby. Loki sees his opportunity. Loki does what he does best, and when what we love Hiddleston's performance. It's so small in this movie. He grabs it and and bamfs out of there. Yeah. So, so Captain America goes back and brings that soul stone back. He like, you know, a few seconds later, whoop, back in, 
drops it, and then Thor and Captain America are like, where'd Loki go? I don't know, but at least we still got this uh, gemstone. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Which one is it? It's, a, it's the Power Stone, space. the Tesseract? Space Stone? We still, we still have the Space Stone. Well, okay, we don't know how Lo- Loki got away. Oh, no, so now there's, stone, yeah. now there's two stones. If, if I still think there's even more branching timelines, but let's just say that's the one timeline. There's two of the same stone in that universe now. And there is a Loki TV series planned yes. for Disney+, Plus, which I'm pretty sure is going to be that Loki doing time travel and multiverse crap because why not yeah i I think it will i I was just thinking along the lines of uh in terms of time travel do we feel like this was the movie where they do a big hurrah time travel like are there or are they going to be pulling it out of their back suitcase and be like well i guess we better time travel like i wonder if they're if if they're maybe just gonna have some sort of you know convention and be like we can't use this anymore it's it's too dangerous you know i I don't know what we'll see for the future it depends on what they announce but i think it'll certainly be in the doctor strange 2 movie yeah uh like one of the movies has to deal with the repercussions of all the bulls that they yeah (laughs) that they they came up with in this movie because they just you know and it it can all be solved with a magic wand but it's going to be dealt with i think again because they took such a dump on on time on on timelines, creating so many flayed out timelines. And also, by the way, the ancient one says, you know, the timelines where the stones get removed, it make the PowerPoint presentation showed the timeline getting really dark, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're in a timeline where their big solve for Thanos was to unsnap it and destroy the stone, like. Or return the stones. So Thanos has still destroyed the stones in their timeline, which means we're in a that bad. The prime timeline is in that bad one. It's oh. you know turned black, because like, we don't have stones in our universe. So oh, the theory, fabric of space and time will collapse. We'll have to steal them from one timeline. <laughs> I mean, geez. I, I think I think. I think you guys are completely overthinking it. Like I agree, I agree. But it's fun to overthink. Yeah. Like that's uh, that's a credit and a and a compliment to the movie is that they've done it in such a way that it makes me want to think about it and enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't mean any of this with criticism. I just mean it with like it's funny how much they trampled <laughs> over this whole situation. Yeah. It, to to theme epic music of them of them solving their own situation. I loved it. I mean, I was enthralled watching the movie. So to, so, to I just wanted one more point about time travel and that'll c- conclude it. But like you talk about all the moments where you go back to, and it was really heartwarming to see these reunions between, you know, Tony Stark and his father. But there was one moment at that point in the 1970s where we got our first connection between the television series and uh, the movies where the actor who plays Jarvis, uh, mm-hmm. Howard Stark's butler is the actor who played Jarvis in the Agent Carter series. So I, that was really I actually, cool for me because I love Yeah, him. no, I also marked out for that. I was like, that was, uh, we had watched Agent Carter, my wife and I, and we recognized him and it was like, oh man, that is super sweet. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first time where the fact that they, they uh, used two actors for Howard Stark really um, kind of uh became i don't want to say problematic but like um you know the the howard stark that's on that tv show has never been uh the guy from mad men whose name escapes me Um, roger stan stanley something 
but but uh, um, it, but in the on the in the movies, it's always it's always been him, right? So they're well, at this weird time. Yeah, Captain America was the guy in oh, the TV series, the first Captain. Oh, right America in movie. in the in the you're right in the, the first Avenger. He was played by somebody. He was played by the guy who plays him in the TV series. So it's just like it's it you know like unless you're marathoning all the movies and all the stuff at once, it is sometimes tough to keep those little little things straight like i my wife was like that's Tony stark's father but she didn't make the connection that it was the guy from the show it's just funny because he has this these big adventures in the peggy carter show right mm-hmm. like in, into uh but it, it was cool i marked out for that moment as well just uh just to to move on to the character arcs real quick um so when the first avengers came out in 2012 everybody was like amazed because they had multiple superheroes in the same movie and they each had their own sort of storyline and and that was all brought together and oh my god that's so insane now it's like taken for granted almost um that said they kind of pared it down back to the major the major avengers in this movie and each one kind of had their own their own sort of arc uh in the movie what did you guys think of those? Which who was your favorite? Who wh- which one didn't resonate as well with you? Uh, Ryan, you want to go first? Uh, wow. Um, there's so there's so many, and they all differ like across the board. And I think beginning to end, the the most interesting for me was probably all of Captain America's stuff. But because that was so intertwined with Tony Stark, I feel like those two. You know, those two characters having their arcs throughout the film was was probably my favorite. Uh, And I mean, Thor, uh, you know, playing Fortnite, very close second, I think, for me in terms of coolest, uh, coolest fan servicey type moments where where he's just basically lazy Thor. I kind of liked Big Lebowski Thor. I got to throw that out there. Bo? Uh, Hands down, it was Thor. Uh, Seeing his fat body for the first time, (laughs) I was like holy shit i love I, I love this and then when you know rocket calls him melted ice cream um <laughs> i just i mean i was just losing my mind and i'm like oh my god it's me depressed playing video <laughs> games uh you know doing things to 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 drinking beer not drinking beer but you know in in self-indulgences of living uh you know the single uh middle-aged life at his depression, um, which goes along with that. At one point, he goes back in time, and he's about to meet his mom again, and, and he's like, I'm having an anxiety attack. And I'm like, I've had an anxiety attack. I know what this guy character... Like, he was so immediately relatable to me, more so. Like, none of the superheroes are really relatable, like, I find, in any of the MCU movies. like Especially you- Thor. Like, if you watch the first Thor movie and look yeah, at him I'm in just that... Like- I'm amazing. Everything, you know, I'm just like, okay, this is fun and interesting. And even like the touching moments, like I can relate to moments, but usually in a, in a Marvel comic movie, I'm never really like, oh man, I really relate to this character. I don't, you know, like, like if someone loses their daughter, I'm like, well, that's sad and it might make me cry. But like, I never feel, I feel like that's always like a moment they put in to make you feel emotional. And this was really written. Thor was really written, I don't know, just just with a sense of, like, um, there was a lot of humor with it, but also a sense of, like, 
I don't know, just relatability. Pa- like maybe pathos. The- he had he had a sense of pathos. It wasn't just funny. That's what was so crazy. The second time, yeah. I was like, man, because Thor, if you think about it, like has had the shittiest ride of almost anyone. Like throughout the movies, like. You know, he's sure. lost, lost his mom, lost his dad, lost a- Asgard, lost he his... killed uh, his own sister. Yeah. I mean, he lost oh, Asgard yeah. because, uh, you know, he, he was supposed to be there to protect it, but he's out doing his own things. He's, and then he's, he, he lost Mjolnir, he goes to right? Do, he lost Mjolnir. He lost... Um, he let the snap happen, which also affected Asgardians. Uh, Loki gets... His brother gets, brother murdered, gets murdered in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has every Several reason... To feel, but not only that, like bad stuff happens to you and you get depressed, but he's supposed to be able to overcome all of that because of his OPness. Yeah. Right? Like he's always like, who's the strongest Avenger? And it's like always Hulk and not Thor. And like, you know what bugs him in Ragnarok? <laughs> and they even bring it up here. Like, like he's supposed to be the best. And, and I really love that do your own thing kind of mentality that he sort of has with him where he he basically he's going to become a wandering buddha i guess in the third guardians of the galaxy movie where he's just even that from infinity war infinity war they make such a big deal his muscles are like Katari yeah. blades and and they're just and, and it makes star lord insecure to like this 180 where he's now like on board of the ship but like a fat ass who's like touching the map but not the captain like star lord's still insecure about it but i just love that change and that they did it um to me thor was the best the second favorite thing and they barely touched the surface of it but is is ronin um Mm. that point where there's the japanese the fight in japan with the yakuza and then he's like i'll give you whatever you want name it and then ronin's responding back like you can't give me what i want the rest of the or rest of the world, or what was it? They got Thanos. You get me. And I just loved that line. Like he, he's the other half of the snap. Like that line was perfect. And he said in Japanese, it was just like on I subtitles on the screen. But I love that. And I was like, I just like Punisher type characters who murder. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And the MCU I, really hasn't had like a murderous rage character. And even though Ronan was really like in that space on screen for all of 10 minutes but uh this is the first time we've gotten heroes killing for the and and doing it on purpose you know um it's crazy i would i would just go going back to thor real quick i Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to mention that uh like seeing it twice and the first time i was so distracted by laughing and all this and then the second time i really got into the you know the depression angle the you know um when he gets his hammer the the uh, you know i'm still worthy um the the fact that that he goes through this this entire sort of process and that it's believable uh it's based on the history of the previous films and that chris hemsworth did an amazing job to the point that like i you know i i there's fat in the movie pun intended that they could have trimmed but I didn't want them to because, it, like that whole scene Bo mentioned, where they're they're at the map, it's a three-hour movie. Like that scene could go. Like really, it 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 you know they could have just ended with him and Rocket getting onto that ship, and they could have you know that scene was just for you know just played for laughs. And the way the way that Chris Hemsworth delivers the lines <laughs> when when they're looking at the map and they're and he's, he's touching it and says I'm the uh, 
you know, I'm in charge or whatever, sir. And uh, and he says, everybody knows who's in charge, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and then he just sort of mouths, he, he, he just sort of mouths, it's you. Of course, it's you. And, and, and uh, the way he does it, I, I was just laughing. And I, I, I was like, man, this guy has sold drama. He sold laughter. He, he's done everything. So he did, everybody acted uh, really well. Robert Downey Jr., was amazing. This was another of his amazing uh, performances as Tony Stark. Chris Evans, just like it, what I think would be a difficult character to play in Captain America, just um, you know, amazing job. For me, if I am nitpicking in terms of character arcs, because I thought they nailed all the major character arcs. Uh, Hulk didn't get too much, but I mean, it felt like his arc happened off screen. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's been building where, where, you know, in Ragnarok, he was, you know, he was trapped all Hulk. And then, you know, in Infinity War, he was all Banner and and he figured it out off screen. So there wasn't much of an, uh, an arc there. But for me, it was, and I, I want to know what you guys think about this too. Was uh, that Black Widow? I I really felt um, like I understand when that one of them was going to have to die for the Soul Stone, uh, and um, I think people would say, "Well, just kill Hawkeye because nobody gives really a shit about Hawkeye." Uh, but they decided to kill Black Widow. I think partially because it would have more of an emotional impact on audiences. But in a movie that really got me tear jerking quite, you know, like quite a bit for a superhero film, I really didn't care when Black Widow died. And I realized, uh, like, didn't care. I mean, it didn't it didn't really affect me. And I realized it's because that character has been kind of shortchanged. She's she doesn't have a, an arc that it stops and starts like the the black widow from winter soldier who i very much enjoyed is not necessarily the black widow from avengers um she was great in this movie like when she was having problems with uh depression um and dealing with issues following the snap but it it was a bit too little too late i didn't really have that emotional connection with her like i do some of the other characters so when she died i didn't Maybe if I'd watched all the movies at once and done a big marathon, it would have affected me more. But I don't know. Did you guys, when Black Widow sacrificed herself, was that a, a moment where you were like, oh, my God, that's a, that's a, a huge deal and or emotionally affected or was it a surprise? How did you guys feel? I was definitely moved by it. Um, like I, like I really felt it just because of the, again, the idea of the self-sacrifice, you know, was was there. I didn't need to have a long emotional connection to understand, I guess, what that means and, and to feel something about it. Um, so I don't know. It affected me, but then I tend to I tend to be a little more affected by melodrama in films. So, but uh, what yeah. about uh, like because they tried to sell the the Hawkeye and Scarlet. Uh, um, Scarlet Witch, sorry, Black Widow relationship at the at the end, like no, as a French friendship, but it was mm. like it was what. It was. Well, they're the two like sucky Avengers, you know. Yeah. On the scale of Avengers, like, and not to their discredit, but the first movie really set them up as well. These guys are just really good at fighting, and they don't have superpowers. Like, mm-hmm. so they've gotten screen time and no individual films proportionate to their importance. <laughs> it, it in in the in their presentation. Now, Black Widow is getting a movie, and Hawkeye is getting a TV show after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yes, I think 
I think you're probably onto something. They're not the Avengers that we relate to as much as they're kind of the help. Because yeah. jumping know. ahead here, when Tony Stark died, and Tony Stark it is prob- was probably the, you know, like, there's a lot of characters, main characters in this movie. I would say arguably he was the main character of uh, uh, of Endgame. And um, when he died, I was like, I didn't think I would care that much because I, I thought, like, I sort of thought either him or Cap was going to die mm-hmm. um, in this movie. Like, I, I just sort of, like, they were going to write one of them off, if not both of them. Uh, the, the, the actors have made it clear that they're pretty much done with the part. So I was like, okay. Uh, I, but but they, they kind of cheated. And this, going back to Dungeons and Diapers, they gave, they gave him a kid who just happens to be the age of my daughter, right? And um, that was, and they played that kind of well because when he walks up to the, and he's the way he's acting, it's like he's talking to an animal in a doghouse or something outside. Like uh, when when she comes out with the mask on, I'm like, oh my god, he's had a kid. Five years have gone by, really, and like, like he's he's the only one whose life has moved on. He's the only one who wants to sort of preserve preserve what he's got. And so all the work they did in this movie, like not even counting all the previous Iron Man movies that they did in this movie to um, both to tie him with Peter Parker and and his mentorship of him, as well as set this new, like he's a father now, he's he's got this relationship with his daughter, his conversations with Pepper Potts about composting and other things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like all of that to me really built it up emotionally so that when he bites it and I thought it was really cool that he didn't really like his last line is I am Iron Man. And then he doesn't, he doesn't have a, a, a giant death speech or anything like that. People talk to him, but then he just, he just dies. I thought that, that really got to me. I, I was like, uh, and, and John Favreau's small performance when he's talking to the daughter about cheeseburgers and stuff like that, very small scene, but really worked on me as well. I was like, Oh God, you know, like, yeah, feeling father guilt really heavy right now you know he like tony stark having a daughter having that relationship with with pepper Potts, and then moving on with their lives it, it sets up the whole film and that right from the beginning when the, when they show up to his house and say like we need you to help us with this with this time travel stuff and he he's he he's reluctant but then he figures it out in a very mcu way he's like oh i just figured out time travel and and but then when they have that conversation at the Avengers base about doing this, he's like, "We are we are not losing the last five years because I have moved on and I cannot erase my progress, you know, with with Pepper and with my daughter." Like, and that to me made a lot of sense, you know. Like we we talked about it after the film, and and a lot of the folks we went to see the film with were were parents, and it was like, yeah, makes perfect sense. I don't care who I would save by bringing and doing the snap and bringing the moment back to before the snap and stopping it and having a chance to stop it again uh i would all he i would always you know preserve those five years no matter how much suffering had happened just so i could have you know my family intact and that is that is one of those moments where everyone goes along with it and i thought there would be more there would be more conflict there but i think everybody like those five years did a toll on everyone, and they never, they didn't want to lose that progress that they made. They just wanted to bring everybody back, and obviously that introduces a whole new other 
wrinkle to the whole thing and how that would how that would work but you're right like it when he dies and i have this weird when i watch films and when characters you know pass away on on film i almost i see it happening and i'm i'm almost like connected with them in the way that like oh my god he is he's out of it like he's he's gone like as soon as he hits that snap his whole half his body's fried his brain's fried he's like he's like struggling to stay alive and it was just it was it was tough for me to watch you know, because this is a beloved character that is essentially gone, but still there for these good for these characters to come in. Like he's hanging on by a thread, and it was just really hard to watch. Just really tough, but a, a great performance by uh, Robert Downey Jr. in in that death scene. Because usually when people die, it's like, oh, I've been shot in the gut, and I'm going to talk for 15 minutes, or I'm going to do a big spiel, yeah. and you're going to explode me. No, he he says his line. His brain is toast. He's, he falls over and, and basically has a, an option to, you know, Peter Parker comes by, Rhodey, I think, is there, and then Pepper Potts, and then she basically says, like, you can relax now. We're all good. And then he, he dies, and I was like, oh, God, no. Well, because you, you know Tony Stark's recorded, like, 5,000 messages yeah. in video form or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got a couple of those. <laughs> the other the other thing is, is, like, it fooled me because... The movie fooled me. I I had at this time to- at this point in the movie, I was like Captain America for sure is dying. Mm-hmm. And the reason I thought that was because um, of the the Tony Stark having a kid and them having like sort of built up that relationship, and and then him going back and talking to his father, which incidentally should have probably been to tell um, that you know about father about fatherhood and and all of that. It was a lot of. A, a lot about the MCU is all about fatherhood and abandonment and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool to see all of that come, come together. And, but then I was like, okay, so now he has something to live for. Cap and him have this strained relationship. Um, and Cap is going to sacrifice himself. Like in, in that, that, Captain America looking through the window at Peggy Carter in the 1970s, the mirror, uh, uh, gave the to me the impression that he was like i can never like i can never have what i want i am a man out of time and and so to me the stage was set for like him sacrificing himself to save iron man but then then again in infinity war like you know when when he when strange gives the stone and to save tony stark you know i thought that 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 deal had already like i thought tony stark was necessarily for the time travel element he had done that's why strange saved him right Mm -hmm. like for time travel not for the putting on the gauntlet and doing that shit i didn't think he was necessary for that part i thought he had already done the thing that strange had saved him uh, or uh for and so i was totally caught off guard when he died i was like if at that point i was like it's going to be cap you know and and uh when it wasn't and after he became a father, I was just like, "Oh, what a gut punch!" It was really well done. It was devastating, yeah, and and I agree with you. I thought I thought I thought Captain America was going to be the one, and you know, but but I think it's just I'm I'm on a, on a certain point, I'm like I hate to say it, but I'm kind of glad they've retired those characters, you know, specifically Tony Stark, because I believe that th- there's no way for him. There's no easy way for him to come back uh, that that isn't that isn't going to feel cheap because his sacrifice 
was such a huge moment and uh and i've talked you know with a bunch of people about like well did he really need to do the snap and i and I, like i think he did because like clearly they were having a rough go keeping the stones from thanos i mean he got them back you know in his hand so it's it's one of those things where I th- i'm i'm glad they went this way because it's kind of it would have been obvious for captain america to to do it and and yeah, he probably could have withstood a little more of the the brute force of the snap, uh, and maybe he would have survived. Who knows? He he's done quite a lot. <laughs> did did you guys feel that it, it it was a little like you know in Avengers he goes up in the sky, he sacrifices himself in Avengers in mm-hmm. the first one. Like he goes up like that's the big deal, and then it's like oh he's dead, and then he comes back and he survives. And then like in in Infinity War he gets stabbed by Thanos. It seems very much like. Like there's a moment there in Infinity War where you're like, oh, okay, he sacrificed himself. You know, like they, it feels like this dude sacrifices himself a lot for a former arms dealer. Like they had kind of used up that trope. If he wasn't dying this time, it was going to get a little like mm-hmm. this guy sacrifices himself more than Jesus. <laughs> well, Jesus had one shot, right? Yeah, he did it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying no? Okay, uh, I. Yeah, so Tony Stark dying, the funeral scene. Uh, when I was watching the funeral scene, I I recognized everybody. And then there was just this one lone kid. I'm like, who the hell's that? And it turns out it's the kid from Iron Man 3. And I thought, like, wow. they Nobody recognized him. I know. They, they did an amazing job kind of just... This is the film that ends 22 films, and they spared no expense. You get the guy who played Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV show. You get the kid from Iron Man 3. Like, those two examples, they seem, like, kind of light and fluffy, but really, they're, like, deep cuts, in my mind. No, I I get it. I just find it funny. It's just, like, instead of, like, you get Black Panther, you get Spider-Man, you're, like, you get the butler from Agent Carter, you get that little kid from Iron Man 3. I'm, like, But Black Panther's a done deal. You know he's going to be there because he is the future of this, of this, of the MCU, right? Like, he's going to, he's going to be there. Like, everyone was there. I just thought it was, it was, it was touching that they, uh, they went back and included all these people who had a, a strong connection to to these characters you know like that kid helped you know tony Stark. i haven't seen iron man 3 since theaters but that kid helped him through his ptsd from the end of avengers right that was that was a big moment for him so i yeah um what were your biggest uh bo you started on this one what were your biggest mark out moments mark out moments like like where you're like it could either be biggest laugh, biggest like fuck yeah, biggest you know like you know where biggest pops to use wrestling parlance. Um, I think my favorite was I don't know. There's so many. Like I would just list them all, right? Like finding out Professor Hulk riding in the back of the truck on the way oh, yeah, to New Asgard yeah, yeah. with that, the that music was... that they chose to play. I don't remember the song, but it just fit perfectly. Yeah. I loved that look, like just him in the back with the glasses on, and I just loved him being Professor Hulk. Another markout moment was when was when War Machine's talking about going into the past, and Don Cheadle like mimes strangling Hitler like as a kid. He's like, "Why don't we go back and kill Hitler as a kid? Oh, k- kill he, baby he puts, Thanos, or, or kill baby Thanos? One of the two." Yeah. And he's like, he puts his, <laughs> and he's like, and the way he goes, like, yeah. 
like he just mimes it so well and and the immediate response i can't remember who says it but i think it's hulk even he's like that's horrifying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and i was like that's that's pretty hilarious i really enjoyed um that moment uh, what what else? like so many things stood out just ryan what, what what stood out for you like moments where you're like pumped your fist or something so the the moment where the movie like i again i enjoyed through the first two hours i was enjoying the film but i was like there's something there's just something missing and i know it's gonna happen soon and that moment was when they're teasing you know thor trying to get mjolnir but it's not thor it's captain america and then he starts using the hammer and i don't have like a connection to the comics but i know it's a big deal when someone is is able to wield thor's hammer and yeah. they're not thor so when he's like whipping around with the hammer and using it with a shield and kind of like he throws his shield then he throws the hammer and causes like a, a a sound wave behind thanos like that whole every moment with the yeah. hammer after that is is just amazing like the jokes where you know he gets the he, he gets the uh the axe little and one. thor and thor's like no, no no you take the little one yeah. All that stuff was great, and again brought back to what my favorite thing that I was missing from, uh, you know, Civil War and Infinity War was the quips, the uh, the interactions between Avengers as they're as they're avenging, you know, and we didn't we haven't had that since Age of Ultron, and I and I recently rewatched Age of Ultron. I know a lot of people think that's a bad film, but it's the last one where they're all kind of getting along, even though they created you know a, a, a robot death army but they still kind of get along and they have those quippy moments between each other and i felt like that battle even though they're fighting for their lives there are a lot of great stuff in there i mean how could the final battle not be like a you know a cop-out to be say like oh that's my favorite moment the end <laughs> you know the end battle because it's it's a big deal it, it, it was an awesome it was honestly an awesome it, like the whole end battle scene was ridiculous fan service mm -hmm. crazy good the way it was divided up into sections where it's first the original avengers they come out you know they in and that, that's where that hammer scene uh, happens uh, they're doing combo attacks like you know iron so man's good. opening his thing and saying thor light me up and all that stuff that's that's great and then they're they eventually you know fall uh and and when the the second wave comes in and that like on your left uh uh, from Sam Wilson, who is just like uh, echoing back to the scene in Winter Soldier when Cap's always passing him on the left, um, <laughs> just just like so like goosebumps, and they're they're all you know coming through the portal and backup arrives, and then it's just like you know it's just cop comic book splash pages like where you open it up and it's like double page like uh, everybody going at it at the same time, and for sure like I was totally I'm like it doesn't matter nothing makes sense it doesn't matter look there's a van they're 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 trying to um, hotwire a van in the middle of this it, uh, you know all of this is fine like it's just uh, it's just so good so I, I really uh, I really enjoyed that that uh, entire sequence I'm a huge Spider-Man Mark so anything with him obviously um, was uh, was big and uh, and I thought the movie like for a movie that dealt with depression failure um, you know all of that stuff it had a lot of laughs like mm -hmm. good well well uh well earned laughs and like like i won't i won't list all of them but like uh like one following on uh bo's um going to new asgard 
Professor Hulk and Rocket Raccoon. Again, you've got this little <laughs> – the visual gag, just – you've got this little uh, mini truck and there's like a giant green guy in a cardigan and a small raccoon. And, and just the fact that Rocket is like taken for granted now, this talking raccoon that walks around, you know. Um, and uh, they they get out and Valkyrie, who was not in Infinity War or whatever, is there. And she tells uh, she tells Bruce, uh, you know, I think I liked you better both the other ways or whatever. And uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was a, a good playback to uh, to Thor Ragnarok and, and it made me laugh. One last uh, sort of character beat that I wanted to mention was a nebula and uh that was a nebula and gamora the daughters of thanos like thanos was in the end credits of avengers and then the the first time he's really on screen talking uh is guardians of the galaxy one they when they meet the collector the collector goes through all the stones mm. uh, and explains like he's t- it's the first time somebody really explains the overarching plot of all these MacGuffins. Um, and at, at that time, when when sort of he's he's um, he's explaining all this stuff. Jesus, I just lost my train of thought. It just derailed. Oh, Nebula. Right. I remember Nebula and Gamora, um, the, you know, they were talking about, you know, Gamora hated Thanos already. Nebula was still loyal. Then in Guardians Two, they, they, their relationship, you know, progressed. Nebula said, like, um, you know, had this conversation with Gamora where she's like, "I'm going to kill Thanos," or you know, they really it was it was their father. It it was their story. So for them to be completely sidelined in favor of the Avengers, just because the Avengers are the bigger name, would have felt weird to me. And thankfully, that is not what happened. Gamora was a huge part of Infinity War. Like, mm-hmm. it, huge. And then Nebula was as big, if not bigger, a part of Endgame. And uh, really an obscure character to to get such sort of a big spot. But I thought it worked really well. How did you guys feel about Nebula in this movie? I loved Nebula. She was great. She's the only non-dumb guardian of the guardian of the galaxy. <laughs> Gamora, and Gamora. Yeah. Gamora. Well, she's dumb for liking Star Lord, so. <laughs> well, we we get payoff on that too. <laughs> their, their own brand of dumb. Yeah, right. That moment actually where she gets where he knees Star Lord in the nuts not once but twice, and like Chris Pratt's a funny guy, and he's like. That first one didn't do anything, but that second one, oh man, he got me right in my nuts. I was like, ah, that's hilarious. Yeah, they, I, I thought Nebula, obviously something had to go wrong with the time travel and the fact that Nebula being back and then sharing the same like network space as, as that timeline's Nebula kind of causing, you know, shit to go awry. I, I was mm-hmm. I, I was fine with that and I was like hey, okay yeah I guess that makes sense and I'm like okay it's going off the rails pretty quick here but um, my real question was how do we feel about Gamora being dead like our current Gamora being dead in 2018 Gamora is dead but they bring back 2014 Gamora and now she's in the current timeline because they don't snap her away like we they allude to the fact that Star Lord is going to be looking for Gamora in space because she's left right she's not part of the guardians because the guardians yeah. never existed like how do you feel about them basically resurrecting gamora like the only time travel resurrection that they fully showcase in this film is 
is Gamora being brought back? Like, how do we feel about that? I, uh, my, my thought was before the movie, I was curious about these characters like Loki and Gamora mm-hmm. that died, but were not snap related, you know, like, uh, I, I was sort of, I was sort of curious, like, are they going to undo everything? And what I thought was so ballsy about this film or interest and interesting. So it was ballsy to do the snap in the first place at the end of infinity war. It was super ballsy to make five years pass because five years screws everything up because like now you've got peter parker going back to high school with like you know five five years like have passed and five years of his schoolmates have have moved forward or whatever like there's five years of people's lives um have gone by and then to mix in like these characters like an old gamora from another time period and like it affects every single franchise. Like if you start watching Guardians of the Galaxy one, two, and then three, like say you watch three mm-hmm. and you had not watched any of these Avengers movies, you would be fucked because like the plot is going to be a hundred percent reliant on what happens here. It'll probably Thor will likely be on it. It will likely involve, you know, searching for, for, uh, the, the 2014 Gamora and then meanwhile like the Spider-Man trailer is out and they've already said like oh you know the events of Endgame are super significant to this to this film mm-hmm. um, and, and so so it is it is interesting because one of the questions I had for you guys was um, I was like before this movie came out and I think I told Bo this that I was like this could be it for me for a while like I was superheroed out I was like this is a good jumping off point like if you want to be like okay look every movie i watch is a superhero movie i'm gonna sort of stop watching superhero movies for a while or i'm gonna you know uh take a break this movie it has no extra scenes in the credits it 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 kind of like ends and everything is kind of brought full circle or however you want to call it Hmm. um do you are you guys like chomping at the bit for your next marvel hit or are you like okay well like i feel like i'm at the end of a series now i Mm. yeah that's a tough one i have a tough time letting go of um like franchises you know so the mcu is a total like i'm i'm like oh there's no end scene like oh they finally uh released the trailer for far from home i can't wait to see that like for me it'll be tough to jump away they will have to like the quality will have to dive or they will have to end it before I kind of step away. Cause that's just my personality. I kind of latch on to, you know, franchises and it's really tough for me to, to let go sometimes to the detriment of my enjoyment. But I, I hope the MCU continues to be good because I, I don't see myself jumping off that, but that's just a personal quirk of mine. Yeah. MCU for me is always very much take it one movie at a time kind of deal mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't know. It's not all hit, uh, hits. Sometimes they're not that great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't like the Ant-Man movies that much. I enjoyed them, but they're kind of just okay. Uh, so I'm, I totally look at this like, well, we got to this movie and it turned out to be pretty good, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I'm ready for it all to go to crap. Uh, Star Wars style, you know, or whatever. Ooh. So, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have very high opinion of the new Star Wars movies, and I expect I expect a lot of what's 
been done good here is Jaws Whedon started the Avengers thing very strongly and the two brothers now the Russo brothers who did this film have done a really good job mm-hmm. but but now they're oh, retiring I mean, right the Russo brothers aren't going to do MCU stuff anytime soon and they've been, I don't, they've been with it since Winter Soldier right I don't know it's just we're, lo- we're down looking down the barrel of three television series a new slate of movies yeah and and you know uh, you know hopefully the next movies are good. I want to be watching superhero movies for years to come, but uh, I remain you know skeptical. Uh, Do you think that there's a chance that we'll look back at this movie and being like, this is where this was the last great thing, and then the wheels fell off? Pretty much. Hmm. Like 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 no no sorry not. It could be. It could be. Yeah, I will say no that question like we we don't know what the quality will be like. I I think that I think you're right, Bo, and that there are some weak points. And for me, with the MCU, it's like there are movies that are rewatchable, and there are movies that I watch once, enjoy, and be like, cool. I don't need to see this one again. I've I've got what I need from it. And I and the Ant Man movies are ones where I watch once, and I'm like, check. It was fun. It was enjoyable, but I have no interest in seeing it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like they are we're we're gonna get spider-man and then basically at some point in the late summer they're gonna do a conference and say like here are all the movies in phase four the the release dates are already out there and then here are all the disney plus uh series that are coming out and how those are going to impact the series because yeah i'm I'm curious if there's going to be a a new avengers movie right like there's still avengers around Mm -hmm. there's going to be a five like they'd be stupid not to make another Avengers movie. Oh, I don't a, think anything's two billion dollar film. Like, yeah, you're you're right. They'd be crazy. It, see, it seems like the series is is doing really well. Why? Like, they might not do one for a good clip of time, but why not do another one? So I'm it'd expecting prob- probably one. be called the New Avengers, and maybe it'd be like Black Panther, Spider Man. Like, it would be a series of, uh, uh, you know, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Like, it would be a bunch of. Uh, other sure. characters and i and i'm not saying that it, it wouldn't do well but if they're putting sam wilson and the winter soldier in their own tv series they're mm-hmm. putting hawkeye in his own tv series or putting loki in their own tv series like it start it's it dilutes the star value of each of those guys it makes the their entire continuity that much more difficult to to prune and like so for me if it wasn't spider-man next and see this is it spider-man is my my soft spot that I've watched the trailer for Far From Home. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. I'm on board for that. After that, I will think about it. Like, I will see. And if, if they have a bunch of little tentacles that latch on to me there for the mm-hmm. for the next one, I agree with you, Bo. I think it'll be like a movie by movie, a case by case. I have a feeling, like, unlike you, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. When Guardians 3 comes out, if Thor is in it as well, I'm going to be like, well, that looks pretty good. I'm going to go see that, you know. Uh but other films I may not be as keen. Like I like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange Two might be a rental. You know, like I, mm. I don't know. Um, the there are new characters and and new films you're talking about. But I think they are definitely moving into this world of TV shows. And I do think it is possible we look back at this and being like, this was the end of like something. And, yeah. and in 10, 15 uh, years. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there were duds. There were in Hulk, I think, is universally agreed that that was a poopy movie. <laughs> you know, so. It's not great. <laughs> not, every, not everything was perfect. There's room to get better, too. So it's really just tough to say. 
Yeah. I liked when Thor was explaining the dark world, which incidentally I have not seen, but he's like talking in front of the board and he's drinking <laughs> and he's like, and then there were dark elves or whatever. <laughs> the, dark, like, yeah. the dark world is like criminally underrated out of all the it, MCU movies. Oh, really, eh? Yeah. Like, it's I, not the best movie, but it's damned enjoyable. Like, I... I should like watch it. it. It's the only one I haven't seen. And, and the Hulk movie, but I don't even... I half don't consider that. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh my god, uh, everyone who didn't see this is an idiot for not seeing it. It's pretty generic, but it gets a bad rap. It has a pretty good storyline, much better than the first one. Uh, and, you know, there's cool superhero stuff and all that kind of crap. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. To rate rate this movie... Out of five stars, your personal enjoyment level, Avengers Endgame, Brian. Uh, you know what? It's funny. Like I've been, I've been known to be a very positive person, so I'm just gonna lean into that and say, like, it's got it's five stars. Like they, they actually landed the they superhero landed it, and they didn't bust their knees out. So that's a, that's a pretty good uh, movie. So f- I'd say five out of five. And, and you take it as a whole, Infinity War and Endgame, all five and a half hours of it. Uh, I think it still stays, uh, you know, a five star movie. It's not perfect. Nothing is. But man, what an achievement! They're, they'll never prefer- top this. And you preferred Infinity War to Endgame? No, I, I, I liked the entirety of Endgame better than the entirety of Infinity War. But as a complete package, I, I think they, they really feed off each other. They do a good job. So I, but I liked Endgame more. It just had a, because it had a conclusion. That's the big thing. It, it ends, and it's a finite end. Whereas Infinity War well, is like, well, geez, how are they going to get out of this one? You know. Well, Infinity War had an end. It was a very ballsy end. It yes. was the bad guys win. It's just that we don't believe that to be the end no. because we're used to superhero movies. Um, uh, Bo, uh, out of five, personal enjoyment level. How did you find like it? Zero from zero to five. How much did yeah. I like it? I yeah. mean, I give it a five. Sweet. And uh, did <laughs> you like really it? Did you like it more or less than Infinity War? Um, I mean, I consider it one movie. I can't really say I like it more or less. Infinity War to me is Act One of a of of a two act show. Like the whole point of Endgame is what happens in Infinity War. Basically, Infinity War. If you can sum it up in a sentence, it's the Avengers lose to Thanos, who is attempting to get the Infinity Gauntlet to snap half the universe. Like you could just—that's all that's in that movie being reductive about it there's a lot more to that movie and i've watched it like three or four times in the past year i really like it so endgame is just like part two like it's all one movie in my mind like Hmm. it's and and to that to that effect bo i think because i agree with you like that it that it is essentially one movie especially having rewatched infinity war and then gone to see Endgame uh, right after yeah. uh, it, it is one movie and right now there's a there's a huge kerfuffle on the internet about Game of Thrones one of you is clicking your mouse driving me nuts sorry me. I don't I don't know <laughs> but uh, I thought but, you uh, like clicks uh, I like I like getting clicks um, but um, no, but yeah like click, so click clicks so the so the two uh, tick tick ticks you're you're confused oh you like ticks but not clicks gotcha so the the two movies uh, right now there's a huge for, 
uh, hullabaloo about uh, about Game of Thrones. The before last episode is aired. The last episode is going to air, and people are going nuts, even though they don't know how it's going to end. So mm-hmm. they haven't seen the last episode, but that doesn't stop everybody from casting judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm like, um, I f- I feel a little bit like. You know, history is going to look up at these movies differently than we're looking at them now, um, and uh, and so that what is going on? Just keep going. What? I need a door for this office. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, the history is going to going to look at these films differently, and they're going to look at them the way Bo Bo is taught. The, the way Bo is talking about them, which is that they're going to be looked at as one work. I personally prefer Endgame to Infinity War, uh, but it, Endgame has also made me like Infinity War much more. So um, I, I would give Infinity War forced four out of five on the enjoyment meter, and I would give Endgame five. And I think it is uh, a great, great uh, ending. And it it boggles my mind how they were able to serve all these masters at once and bring it all home. So, like, really kudos to everybody involved in that. And, you know, uh, there's a woman, uh, I forget her name, who is in charge, Kathleen, someone who's in charge of the creative or the, the overall Star Wars um Kathleen Kennedy. Look. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy. And then uh, who's the gentleman, Kevin Fe- Fe- Feige, Feige, yeah, who's the the Marvel guy? Well, he is just like Kathleen should take notes from Kevin because he he really has done an admirable job of giving directors creative license while building this giant giant uh, creative endeavor. So yeah, mm-hmm. five stars, five stars to the whole MCU. We did it. It was pretty good. I wasn't wrong. I, I think I, I had to talk Crofton into going to see it somewhat. Ooh, he did. Yeah. Well, like I have to talk got, him into everything, but but he this got one me hyped. Worked. Yeah, he got me hyped. Definitely, uh, you know, as we talked on Dungeons and Diapers before about like it's tough to go to see movies. I put an artificial restriction on myself that I need to go with my wife, especially when she has an interest in the movie, like she mm-hmm. did with this one. But finally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I know I'll go see this movie a second time. Like and. The fact that I did see it already a second time in theaters, and I rarely do that, I mean, is testament to its quality. I do regret that I never saw Infinity War in theaters. Like, that was a, a, a my bad. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> that I'll was see- a, my, a my bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny the way you say it. That's on, me, That's on me, Kevin. That's on me. That's on me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, any final thoughts on the movie, guys, before we wrap it up? Final thoughts on the movie is that it is simply incredible what they've what they managed to do with with the th- make a three hour movie, make everyone interested in watching it, and I loved every second of it. I can't wait to watch it again on video. I'm going to watch it like three more times. And- video? What are you like ninety? <laughs> well, on home Live video, the it's a- they're videos. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ryan, any final thoughts? I I agree with Bo. I can't wait to see it when it comes out on video because I am also from the '90s, and i I want to see the I want to see what the future looks like for the MCU, like how these events impact our 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 future films over the next you know two to three years. Uh, there's obviously the the X Men, Fantastic Four, kind of hanging over our heads, being in Disney's portfolio. I I want. 
I want the future to be bright, and I think there are a lot of options going forward, and I can't wait to see, you know, their their hand when they unveil it in the coming months. Now that now the end game is is behind us. Uh, I would I would just say um, that uh, Captain Marvel, which who we didn't talk about in the show, I never saw Captain Marvel the movie, and I, mm-hmm. I do want to see it. Uh, it it's like uh, I'm I'm moderately interested as I am in a lot of the MCU films that aren't the big the big ones. Um, but you didn't really need to have seen Captain Marvel to really Ryan when you said on a previous episode about like just understanding her powers and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, that's really all, all you needed. She was she was absent the majority of this film and honestly could could have been not included in this film. Um, but but I get what they're trying to do. It's part of the building of the universe and all that. She had a couple of big moments, but uh, really, like, th- I didn't really feel like I got to know her in any way in this movie. Yeah, she's, uh, you, oh, you had to understand her powers, but also her connection to Nick Fury. And I think that's the big takeaways from Captain Marvel when it comes to Endgame. But that's kind of her thing, you know? Like, she she's gone for a long time, and then she shows up like when it's when it's when it's convenient and she's able to help out it didn't feel like kind of out of place because it made sense like everyone was arriving late and she was technically probably halfway across the universe but i would love to know how her interstellar travel works because if she just flies that must take a while (laughs) you know yeah, yeah, but keep in mind that like that happened a lot in movie time, but it was literally two seconds after they came back. I think right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they came back with the stones, got got ready to do the snap. But she Wait, she was it got, it got interrupted. Hulk, Hulk was, did Hulk end up getting the snap off? He doesn't. Yeah, right? he, he does. He does. But he brings work. everybody back with that snap. Uh, and then Hawkeye's phone, his wife calls on on the phone and he sees it. You know that everybody's back and then, then they get attacked and then that, the whole fight sort of happens. Um, and then, you know, that give, during that time, it, everybody's oh, so, able to recruit. So what did what did Iron Man snap then? He, 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 he snapped uh, Thanos out. Yeah, and uh, his army. That's it? That's all he did and it killed him? Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's a puny human. Oh, now that I think about that part. <laughs> All right, rewind. Open around, yeah. back up. <laughs> He's like, he just destroyed this evil alien army. Wow, that's bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, no, the, the, the thought that's well. Anyways, no, yeah. no, no. What's your thought? Uh, I was just joking. No, uh, it's fine. I just, I guess, it's it was so, such a dramatic moment that whenever I've, I, I've watched it, it's been not in my head like, that I'm thinking about that for some reason I felt like he undid the snap but I guess he didn't maybe I'm misremembering it yeah really? Hulk, Hulk Hulk was the one who undid it who undid the snap yeah because his snap. arm his arm got fried right yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then Iron Man snap was just a just big F you to Thanos and was to clear the slate uh, of uh, on yeah. the battlefield and, and I mean it, it, he's a human right so I think the idea was that anybody who who is human like you saw what the power stone was doing to uh to star lord and guardians of the galaxy like i think him yeah. using all the stones at once to to basically wipe thanos from existence takes a heavy toll on i um, wonder if he wiped him from all timelines maybe it's actually interesting um how uh the, the whole thing about the stones and in them causing that like 
that toll on your body is something that they built in. You're right uh, into the original Guardians where um, it turns out that the reason he could hold the stone was that he was half celestial, mm -hmm. which was the big reveal in Guardians 2, right? Um, and uh, But they laid the groundwork for the fact that... Um, that the stones were painful or that that you could well, they were just... so powerful they they were essentially tearing you apart right yeah right. that's true another mm. thing on the time travel just as we're throwing out non sequiturs here <laughs> the um the uh in infinity war like when when thanos uses the time stone like vision gets killed right like yeah. incidentally rip vision he's still not back um but uh but vision gets killed scarlet witch blast the stone and um and 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 then thanos like rewinds time but just in a, a certain area you know like with the time stone mm -hmm. and like yeah. vision reconstructs himself so like it shouldn't have really surprised us too much that oh we're doing time travel now like it, they had already yeah. kind of alluded to it in in um in the last movie and he's getting a, a television series as well but they're they're talking as if that oh that's be. right yeah that's the other tell is wandavision yeah holy shit man so like pretty much all a lot of the b-list avengers are getting black widow's shows. getting a movie hawkeye's getting a tv show black scarlet witch and vision are getting a tv show hmm. and then winter soldier and falcon are getting a tv show called falcon and the winter soldier god damn it when it when uh when uh speaking of mark out moments when when um Scar scarlet witch came back and, and and like uh leveled thanos and uh he's like i don't even know who you are i thought <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was an awesome awesome moment and it and it was a sort of a call back to like scarlet witch coming down on the battlefield in infinity war where a is like what the hell was she doing up there? You know, uh, <laughs> well, like, it, it, the, the, there's another um, there's another moment that I was reading about because essentially since this movie came out, there's just been articles upon articles of people talking to the writers and the directors. But my favorite one so far has been the prospect of like Captain America returns the stones. It's his job to go back in time and returns the stones and Mjolnir to its to where they took it took it from. And one of those is him having to interact with Red Skull again, his arch nemesis from from his first film. We don't see that, but we know it happens off screen. And I, I I like to think like, wouldn't it be cool if they did a TV series where it was where it was Captain America just returning all the stones, like maybe five episodes of him just going, bloop, 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 and you know he turns them all. But there's like a scene where he has to talk to Red Skull. Like Red Skull seems like he could give no fucks. He's kind of like he's he's in the zone with his new gig. So maybe it wouldn't be that big a big an interaction, <laughs> but uh, it's fun to think about, is it not? Well, they had um, the, uh, my understanding is that like there's this comic book I used to, to to buy occasional episodes when I was a kid called What If, and uh, my understanding is they're making a TV show based on that. And oh, really? uh, when they um, a TV show or something, anyway, um, I feel like. They have so much canonical MCU now mm -hmm. that they they could start doing these like what if this happened what if you know like la 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 and uh, the problem is obviously it sounds exorbitantly expensive because if it's like what if something in a movie didn't happen or something happened differently um, 
well, you you have to restage that movie, you know? I don't understand how it's going to work, but definitely um, they could use the what if to address some of the... Well, they are doing a what if series for who? Yeah, that's what... It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the mm. they could use that series to address oh, some I of see. the like. What if Captain America met the Red Skull? Uh, blah blah blah. You know, like I don't know. And it's animated, so like you wouldn't need to get them back in costume. You could just have. Them oh, voice. is it? A- oh, it's animated. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, that solves the problem then. Okay, sorry. I so I knew they were doing that series. I was unaware it was animated, but that will allow them to like do a lot, uh, a lot of stuff. They can have and, some fun uh, with it for sure. In the Spider-Man trailer, like everybody's going nuts about. Have you guys seen the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer? Just to be, clear? yeah, I yeah, have. yeah, I did. So I thought it was really cool how they held off this spoiler-heavy trailer of Infinity, like till afterwards, and, and then it's like, oh, it cast the whole film in a different light. Mm-hmm. But like they 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 have this thing where Mysterio is like, I'm a you know, I'm from another universe or whatever. And and Dick Fury's like, when the snap happened, all the shit went down, right? And uh, and I was like, the whole internet's going nuts. They're like, oh, multiverse now? Like, they're going crazy. Everybody was, like, commenting on it. And I'm like, dudes, it's Mysterio. He's a liar. That's what he does, you know? Like, I'm, I, I'm not sold on anything until I see until i see that movie mysterio made daredevil believe jesus is coming back what and, you know like oh well daredevil's yeah, was, uh, a hardcore christian though isn't he so he might believe. yeah 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 i know he did he used all these tricks to like believe to anyway it was it was <laughs> That's uh, pretty Ke- good kevin yeah. smith kevin smith wrote this like uh, daredevil uh, gets fooled by I, I just revealed the huge end of that series because you only find out it's mysterio at the very end of that series oh like, so you, 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 the whole time you're reading it you're like oh my god jesus is coming back you know and then that's hard and then it, then it's like mysterio yeah it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere eh. well it's mysterio is a oh, spider-man villain so like no you, i know i remember him i i'm familiar no, I, it's just at that time, Daredevil stayed in his lane, I guess. Like, the idea that Mysterio would target Daredevil and, and get involved in his... Oh, I that, see. That, that, that was kind of like... It was a surprise. Like, people were like, what? Oh, Mysterio. Well, the trailers are doing a very good job at, at labeling Mysterio as, as, as not the canonical Mysterio. Like, he... I mean, I, I will be surprised. It'll be interesting to see how they pull it off because I don't know how you pull a fast one on Nick Fury. Like, he just doesn't blindly trust people, and he seems to be blindly trusting Mysterio, in, or at least trusting Mysterio in this film. Um, but yeah. How do you know it's it's really Nick Fury and not a guy in makeup? Uh, I don't know that. And I guess we'll find out in July. I, I, that's why I can't wait to see this film, because it's opening up a whole new sort apparently of... Apparently it is yeah. epilogue. It's like, now um, they're adding it to the end of in, uh, Endgame as mm-hmm. the end thing. Like it's not a trailer before the movie. They put it after the movie, but it's the trailer because it literally ties into the next film. Yeah. Oh, it's like a direct continuation. I think there was like quotes years ago where Sony was saying like, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place minutes after the end of Endgame. And people are like, you can't say that. And and people are wondering, oh, how's that going to work? But now we Yeah, because their timeline is screwed. They don't have Infinity Stones in that timeline. Mm-hmm. I bet you that's why those elemental guys are popping up. Yeah. Although it could just be Mysterio's uh, ruse. Well, there's also an Elementals. No, it's an Internals movie. Sorry, that's I was getting confused. That's something different. All right, yeah. guys. I think 
I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I have no idea how long we've been talking, but I feel like I need to steer this ship into harbor. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, this was a special spoiler cast of Dungeons and Diapers. We will be back with regular scheduled programming uh, next episode. You can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash DAD. If you have thoughts on this movie, let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can send us an email at dad at tgistudios.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Ryan is at R. Murphy. I am at Croft and Steers. Bo, where can people reach you? I'm at Bo Schwartz. B-E-A-U-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. That's and how Bo, you spell that. Bo, plug all your shit. Plug all of it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I got so much. Look, we do Good, Bad, or Bullshit. We just released an episode today on live streaming. Go to oh, goodbadbull.com nice. and you can check out the new episode. Uh, I do a show called Core. Uh, that's at, I don't even know what the URL is for anymore. We don't, we used to be here. Com slash core. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> it used to be heroesforyou.com, but I don't think that works anymore because we don't do heroes anymore. Um, and finally, there will, I do a Dungeon Master, a D&D uh, live play podcast that is critically acclaimed. Uh <laughs> It's not wrong. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 quite well reviewed. Uh, people enjoy it. Um, I want to name drop somebody, but I don't know if I can do it. Do it. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. No, I won't. But um, uh, what a teaser. Yeah, but people like the show, and so there will be dungeons.com if you want to subscribe to that podcast. That's what I do. That. Sweet. So, uh, and again, you can follow me at Croft and Steers again. <laughs> C R O F T O N steers. Just in case they forgot it. He publishes uh, his tweets. All right. That's going to do it for this spoiler cast episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Ryan. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.